Hi Ted Naden. Many congratulations from South Wales on reaching your 200th Whatever Works show. I very much look forward to the next one and many, many more. Let's see 500. Congratulations again, gentlemen. Cheers. Hi Ted. Hi Aidan. It's Chris here. Wow. 200 episodes in eight years. How time flies. I've listened to and been entertained by every single one. I know from first-hand experience just how much effort you guys put into creating each episode, so thank you for your hard work and dedication. Thanks also to all the contributors who have cost me a small fortune with all their suggestions, and a special mention for my friend Judge Barton. I'd also like to thank you for allowing me to have been a small part of the show, mostly being based on my passion for cooking and coffee. Here's to many more episodes in the future. Thanks, fellas. Ted, we've made it. 200 episodes of Whatever Works. <laughs> Not bad, is it? Hurrah! Hurrah! And it's New Year. I mean, and it's New Year. it all comes at once. And now, listen, tell the Excellent. dear listeners why we're starting like this and we haven't played the music yet, because it was all your idea, wasn't it? Well, it, the, the reason was that I got... A, now that Whatever Works podcast is on YouTube, I got a bit squiffy about the theme tune. Because back in the day, we kind of um, nicked it and didn't really... There's probably royalty problems all over it, so I think we better stop using it. So I said to you, let's have something new. And you came up with this. Welcome to Whatever Works, our unique fortnightly podcast in which we talk about whatever works in our lives and in the lives of the community members. And why not join our community? Simply search for whatever works at mewe.com and get stuck in. Whoa, how about that very, then? Very nice. Nice, isn't it? And as the gentle tones fade away. Yeah, I looked into my virtual piano stall and sent you a few examples of pieces that I'd done and didn't have a home, and um, we settled on this one. So, ladies and gentlemen, okay. get used to it because you're going to be hearing a lot of this now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't skip over it. Um, <laughs> Happy New Year, yes indeed. We're all, we're here back in, it's very early in the morning. I'm not sure if I'm awake yet. but um, very early in the morning. It's 10 to 11, Ted. <laughs> oh, good grief. Yes. Um, but yeah, have you had a, 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 a good, we'll come to that in a second. Let's just do the furniture of the show. Whatever works, dot works is our website. Um, MeWe Group, you know where it is. Link in the show notes, blah, blah, blah. AidenBell.com for Aiden because he's now run out of work. <laughs> Um, so you can engage him. <laughs> TedSalmon.com is where you'll find me and links to everything I and we do and the team, the Podhub UK team. So get across to there. So, um, yeah, yeah, 200 shows. Uh, just before we kind of do our little catch-up, just a, a kind of little bit of a summary, really. We thought we would just summarise what was going on, didn't we? We did indeed, and well worth doing too, because whatever works... Actually, I should put on my acting voice for this. Whatever works is 200 episodes old! Yay! Hey, very good indeed. You love your sound effects, don't you? Oh, where would we be without? Probably a lot shorter. <laughs> just for, yes. Just for the record, we started the um, the show on the 9th of January 2016, and it was me, um, Dave Rich, and Richard Yates that got the whole idea going. Um, we ambitiously started off with a weekly um, whatever works. Didn't last long. We realised that it was not going to work weekly, so we switched to fortnightly pretty quickly. Um, Richard decided to step down in June of that year. Um, and I noticed, uh, I, I looked through the records and it, it shows you as being guesting for the first time in November of 2016. So you weren't far behind the start, really. Um, and then you jumped on, uh, you, you guested in and out from there on. And then you came pretty much full time from September 18. So you, you, you jumped around the edges for a couple of years <laughs> and you jumped in. Um, Dave and I um, had a time between the two with guests coming on here and there. Um, but then he dipped out. I think one of the problems with Dave and Richard was that they're, they're just incredibly busy. <clears throat> Dave's got a full-time job. Richard's got an even fuller-time job. And they've both got families. Dave had a very young family. And so they kind of both realised that they 
weren't able to kind of commit too much time to it which is fair enough and we thank them for having been there at the start and and you know note their 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 contribution to the whole process so um yeah we had a 100th show in February 2020 and Dave, Rich, Ian Barton and Chris Kelly joined us for that one, Aidan. Um, and I noted that the most regular guests, I think, have been Steve Litchfield, Ian uh, Barton and Chris Kelly over the, over the time we've been doing it. So good show. And that was a kind of little dotted history of, um, you know, the last uh, the last five years, six years, six years, five years. Five, six years. That's a long time, isn't no, it? And no, as you say, eight years. Eight. eight years. Good Lord. What am I talking about? It's <laughs> eight years. <laughs> One of us should be good at maths. Yeah, as you said, yeah. as you say, Ted, without Dave and Richard, that we wouldn't be here now. So, I mean, hats off and thanks to them indeed, as you've said. Yeah, I, I, I was a big fan of PSC and that's how I got to know who Ted Salmon was. And through PSC, yeah. I started listening to Whatever Works and got to know you and Dave. And as you as you've said, I guessed it a few times and then sort of having put my toe in the water, I just dove headfirst in and... And I've loved it ever since. And as long as the yeah. good people are prepared to put up with my lunacy, <laughs> I'm happy to well, carry I think, on. I think one of the things that's, that's arrived with you has been that lunacy. And people like that because you're very, you're an effervescent kind of performing person. And, and that comes across. And I get lots of feedback that says it's just a complete hoot whenever they listen. They're laughing throughout. So, <laughs> Oh, that's very kind. Well, I think that's kind of how our chemistry works, Ted, because what you, I think we, I take my hat off to you you in terms of the administration and the behind the scenes and keeping it going and working the social media. I mean, I barely know what social media is. And as you say, I come in as the sort of effervescent performance man coming in and doing the recording and the editing and, and, and making it all lively and bringing it to life every fortnight. But you're the man behind the scenes keeping it going. So I applaud you too, Ted. Oh, isn't that nice? Well, when we finish sucking each other's dicks, <laughs> we can move on with... <laughs> Yes, you, I, what's, you know, what's been going on with you? I then? also feel the tone of the show has slightly <laughs> headed towards the gutter since Dave and Richard's days, but let's not go there. <laughs> Here, do you remember my ember mug and my bringing you the sad tale of my ember mug battery of course dying? I do. Well, I've, I've been keeping, as you can see in our recording notes, I've been keeping a diary since our last episode because, well, it went like this. On December the 22nd, there was well, what I called the Christmas miracle. And what you then pointed out was actually the Christmas extraordinary and welcome event that is not explicable on my natural or scientific yeah, laws. Bloody religion. <laughs> my em- bloody religion. My ember, well, however you look at it, my ember mug came back to life. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was business as usual. And, and through, and, Approaching Christmas, I thought, yippee, the Ember Mug's happy. I love it. This is my second favourite purchase ever, and I'm very pleased. And then on the 24th, it died again. <laughs> <laughs> so on the oh, 25th, dear. I thought, sod it, it's Christmas. I'm going to treat myself to a new mug because I'm fed up with this. And I got online, and I discovered a company called Vistu, V-I-S-T-O-O. And they make a mug that's basically exactly the same thing. It's just made by them and not by Ember. And it was 99 quid, as opposed to Ember's right. 149. Right. So, um... I bought one. <laughs> and guess what? You bought a Vista. Right, I bought okay. a Vista. I, I yeah. ordered it on Amazon. And on the 26th of December, the bloody ember came back to life again. Oh, good grief. <laughs> on the 27th, the Vista arrived, but the ember was working. So I thought, I'm just going to leave the Vista in its box and just see how I get on with the ember. <laughs> and since then, the ember's been good as gold. And... Um, I, I, I've just been faced with this little dilemma, which I put into Shakespearean terms, being to return or not to return. <laughs> that is the question. Whether it is nobler in the home to suffer the lukewarmth and erraticism of the ember mug or to take arms against a sea of finance and through Amazon replace it. Um, and I didn't. I sent it back. <laughs> I sent the Vistu mm-hmm. back to Amazon yesterday. I'm still drinking out of the Ember mug. And all our listeners are thinking, why did we put up with 200 shows if we just have to listen to Aiden whining on about his bloody coffee mug? But it works and I'm happy. Fingers crossed. Touch wood. My Ember mug is fine again. That might be something, you know, I was telling you a couple of shows back about that, um, that magnetic wardrobe light that came yes, back to life. Yes, yes. You know, I, I'd given up on that. And then one, one day I was bored. I thought, right, I'll just plug this in and see what happens. And sure enough, it was working again. So these lithium-ion batteries in things, are, you know, they are a bit odd, aren't they? My theory is that I let the thing get completely flat beyond all hope. And mm-hmm. it just took some days of coaxing and charging and lowering and charging and lowering right. to kind of kick itself back into life. 
I mean, what do I know? Well, Someone like Steve Litchfield, I'm sure, will have a better explanation yeah. for me than that. You, but could, you, could al- you could always save all your money and, and just drink your <laughs> drinks quicker oh! so, they, so they don't get cold. I love this. I love this. As I've said on the last show, my top purchase was the coffee machine. And there, I was the first person to say coffee on the new podcast. Woo-woo! Um, <laughs> and my second was the ember. And I'm very happy that it works again. And um, let's move on before people fall asleep. <laughs> How are you? Oh, listen, I've got, no, I've, I've got to tell you more, Ted. I've got, oh. I, I got up this morning and I was all set and ready to start recording the podcast with you. Opened the curtains at the back door and the bloody fence has come down in the wind. You, you sent a photo. It looks awful. <laughs> Two huge, great panels. The wind was yeah. blowing a gale yesterday and I said to my mother, I wonder if there'll actually be some damage from this storm. I should have kept my gob shut. We've lost two fence panels and worse than that, Ted, do you remember my Christmas tree I talked about in the last show? It's now yeah. leaning at a very sort of artistic oh, <laughs> um, Turner Prize kind of angle in the garden. So I had to go outstairs and put my tree to rights. The good news is that those panels are intact and they're pretty easy to put back on, to be honest. Oh, I'd probably so just not... lift them up and tack them back in yeah, place yeah, and call yeah, it quits. Exactly. Yes, that, exactly. It's not difficult. You put these kind of sideways nails in. To, it's, they're really basic, aren't they? And the, the trouble comes is if the panels themselves are actually broken. I've yes. had, and I've had that in the past. But I've just had a quick look and it seems to be all right. I shall be on Amazon yeah. looking for sideways nails later. Thank you, Ted. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, you might be able to hear the rain lagging down here. It's great. Oh, this climate is just so nice. The wind has gone away. It's it's nice and cold at night. It's 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 not too cold in the day to want heating on. Not too hot to be horrible. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm really pleased with this climate. It's lovely. I wish it was staying like this all the time. But there you go. Okay, you so maybe with the new music, we'll give you a name change, and I'll call you Goldilocks from now on. <laughs> yeah, so, but only certain times of the year. Yes, <laughs> and not in front of other people. <laughs> yeah, I had a lovely couple of days, actually. Yeah. Um, um, humbug as I might normally sound, um, my sister and brother-in-law came out for Christmas Day and Boxing Day. And, um, yeah, we had a really nice couple of days. It's nice to see them and uh, don't often see them. And I got some nice new things. Well, one of the things I wanted to, to mention was these two glasses. I put a, a picture of them in the recording notes for you to see. They're Renbury Fjord craft beer glasses 22 quid for the pair I put them on my wish list and someone bought them for me and they they're just absolutely lovely that you know normally I drink beer out of a kind of straight pint glass or a half pint glass mm-hmm. or whatever but these are they, they almost look like um burgundy glasses or a brandy glass yes yes they're, they're shaped in such a way and I think that there's this kind of Belgian um or or perhaps um Perhaps the fjord means it's from Norway or whatever. Um, well, not Belgian, bell-shaped. <laughs> well, yes, indeed. But they're really, really nice. Anyway, that was my best present, I think. Really lovely. And the other thing I noticed over this Christmas was the amount of bloody chocolate there is. Good grief. I think it's, <laughs> it must be because as people get older, nobody knows what to buy each other. So they just stuff everyone's um, uh, stocking full of chocolate. Because, you know, food treats are are always acceptable, I suppose. But I don't think I've ever seen a house so full of chocolate. And you come to the end of the few days, you get, good grief, I'm so stuffed. (laughs) 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 Have you not found that? Have you got an increase in chocolate? I have noticed that, yes. There is a great... Well, I mean, the thing is, I live with an elderly lady who loves her chocolate. So we always have chocolate in the house anyway. But yes, you make a good point. And indeed... uh, I don't do present exchanges, as I think we yeah, talked yeah, about in yeah. the past. But if I did, I mean, yes, of course, that is a very easy go-to that's safe yeah, and, yeah. you know, yes. Everyone so, likes. hey, viva la chocolate, yeah, yeah, why definitely. not? Who, who doesn't like chocolate? That's the point. Uh, last bit of news is that my scooter is still going, doesn't fail to start, even when it's cold. So that's absolutely great. Yes, very Although good. the pessimist in me is waiting for the day that it doesn't. Um, once bitten twice shy I'm such a once bitten twice shy person uh, before Christmas one of my bulbs blew I reported it on the show I think and um, every single time still when I go and switch the switch on I'm looking at it when I turn the switch expecting (laughs) it to blow again and it doesn't, it's just me being so pessimistic (laughs) so anyway there you go 
Hey, a little dose of paranoia never hurt anybody. <laughs> Here, listen, before we move on to the feedback, I've just got to say, just very quickly, I had last week what I think was the most ridiculous spam, scam email I have ever seen. I mean, we've all had the emails yeah. from the Nigerian prince and you've all been awarded this and you've won the lottery. I had one that reads as follows. Dear beneficiary, the United Nation has approved $20 million to be paid to you. Reply for more information. Thank you, David Adam. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm sorry, but is anybody going to fall for that? It's, <laughs> it's highly unlikely, but they, there must be people because otherwise they wouldn't do it. I suppose if you send literally a million of them, then out of that million, you might get a couple Drongos. of... Idiots, yeah. yeah. The, the, Bizarre, it's interesting it? how that there's only one United Nation, which kind of... Yeah, one single nation, <laughs> yes. And do you know what? If I was going to do 20 million... I mean, if you wrote 500 or 2,780 or something, it could be slightly yeah, more plausible. Yeah. <laughs> Very anyway, I, sorry, David Adams, I, I haven't got time to play. Right, so um, feedback from the last show, which was... When was it? Oh, it was two weeks ago, wasn't it? Um, Indeed, and sir. reflections from our lovely members of the MeWe group. What have we got? I see what you did there. Reflections from the MeWe group. <laughs> Very good. Chris Kelly brings us the Reflect 360 Pro Viz jacket. This is a high vis jacket, as the clue's in the name. Right, £99, though, so you've got to like this. Despite my motorcycle having very good twin headlights, says Chris, and a pair of auxiliary lights, I still have had idiot drivers pulling into my path on my morning commute. I therefore decided to improve my conspicuity with this Reflex 360 jacket from ProViz. The video in the MeWe group, and he gives a date and timestamp, is from my Blink security camera. So there is a video to be seen in the group. Um, and it is a very fine looking jacket, Chris. And it really is. I mean, it's really high-vis on steroids. I've talked about high-vis a couple of times on the show in the past. But the high-vis that I've talked about has been the sort of five quid neon yellow waistcoat variety yeah. this is a this is a real jacket and the only the only downside i can see with this is that you have to wear the jacket you it's you you got to wear it winter or summer warm or cold it is not only a reflex a high vis it's also a, a jacket yeah. but um yeah. if you want to wear it regularly as a regular jacket my goodness it does reflect doesn't yeah, it, it does it's amazing um chris posted a, a video um on the mewe group about it so do have a look at that indeed safety first comfort second and this ticks both boxes anyway yeah nice one chris and i hope it does well for you and yeah um, for what it is, it looks like for 99 quid, it's a very good bit of value. Now, yes. I threw out a, um, I suspect Daniel Bemis is getting bored with this by now, but um, I, whenever there's anything about board games, I throw out a challenge to him to say, here's <laughs> a couple of board games that I found, what are they like? The first one is Ticket to Ride Nordic Countries, which is a Christmas-themed board game for two to three players only, he says. It's a very pretty winter game where you build railways by matching colour-coordinated train cards. It has a huge winter board, the rules are simple, and games last for about an hour and a half. So thank you for that, uh, Daniel. Indeed, and I absolutely applaud Daniel. Vive la analogue, yeah. although I'm not a game player myself because I'm Johnny No Mates and I've got no one to play with. <laughs> um, I absolutely approve of get off the screen and do something in the real world in three dimensions. And he also brings us 12 Days, which Daniel says is a simple, fun card game for Christmas. Try and play the lowest value card and win the day. There are 12 days worth of points and whoever has the most points wins. Excellent. So, yes, once again, two lovely... Proper, physical, real-world games. Thank you, Daniel. With a Christmassy theme. Indeed. Um, now, do you remember I dropped several hints over the last two or three shows about some products that I was going to do some testimonials oh, on? Oh, yeah. Garden ones. No, are they garden Yeah. Garden ones, indeed. Yes. From Ryobi. R-Y-O-B-I. Now, I'd never heard of Ryobi before, but um, it's basically, it was a job. As a jobbing performer, I got the gig that they were going to send me three tools... Um, that I would then have a chance to play with at home in the garden. And I then had a date when I had to go in and do a testimonial, which is basically for one of these infomercials. So I'll come up on screen saying, this is the best tool I've ever used. Yeah. Um, and I'm glad to say uh, 
they they are very good tools. I've got no problem with them at all. I was very worried that I might think, God, this is crap. And I've, do I want to sit on? Do I want to actually be seen on screen saying this is wonderful when I actually think it's awful? But actually, that wasn't the case. I was very pleased with the cordless water-fed telescopic scrubber. Oh yeah. I joked that I once went out with one of those. Um, the three-in-one mower starter kit. And the cordless 10 centimetre pruning saw. Now, I can't review any of them in depth because I've only really played with each of them minimally thus far. But I just want to give you a quick rundown of what each is. The cordless water-fed telescopic scrubber is basically a, a tube with handles that you hold. It's basically a, 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 like a whizzy brush, like these things you used to clean the floor with that go round and round very fast, yeah. a spinning he cleaning head. But you can hold it up high. You can get up to about two metres so you can get up to about a metre and a half above your head. So you can clean very high windows or walls or the garage door mm. or you can reach over to the back of your car with it. And while it's whizzing round and round, it takes water from your hose and you have a control on it that can give you clean water. Or if you put it to the next section, next um, dial round, it sucks up. Uh, soap suds from a little bottle which attaches to the thing. So basically it's a cleaning, washing, mm. whizzing around thing, which... Um, I haven't, which I've barely used, but it seems to do the job fine. One hundred and eighty-nine pounds uh, recommended retail price. What? Sorry, one hundred and eighty-nine pounds and ninety-nine pence. Steep, um, and I got one for free. It's in the garage. Yeah, yeah, good for you. Moving on to the three-in-one mower starter kit, which is basically very clever. It's a strimmer. It's basically, um, and I, I was told uh, when I did the testimonial, you can't say strimmer. Strimmer is actually a, a trade name. Oh, right. Um, you have to, like like Hoover. Oh, You have right. to say vacuum, not Hoover. And you can't say strimmer. You have to say, I forgot what I did have to say now. Trimmer, I think I had to use. <laughs> trimmer, oh, okay. Um, it's, a, it's a strimmer which also has a twisty head at the bottom, so you can do normal garden strimming, but then you can also twist the head so it goes um, at, at, a, at a vertical angle, so you can do head, edge, edge trimming as well. But then what you can do is slot it into a sort of lawnmower, that's a sort of lawnmower thing with no motor. It's a lawnmower with the four wheels, and you slot this trimmer into the top, and it becomes a lawnmower. Brilliant. That's, that sounds really good, yeah. And you can mow up and down with it. So I would have loved that during a COVID. Do, do you remember that awful yeah, yeah. hand mower I bought? I could have done with this. <laughs> that's, that sounds like, so far, that, that sounds like the pick of the bunch, because I could see some real practical use for that. Yes, indeed. I'm very happy with that, especially the trimmer, because I can go down and use it around the pond where there's no room for, a, for an actual mower. Yeah. And number three, which actually was my favourite, is the cordless 10 centimetre pruning saw. This is basically a baby chainsaw. It's a little handheld chainsaw, mm. um, 10 centimetre blade, which whizzes round um, and is amazing. I mean, again, I took this into the garden and just found some old bits of wooden tree that I didn't need and did some chopping to see what it was like. And it cuts through them like a knife through butter. Right. And I just remember the times I've been down there with a saw sawing from this angle and then sawing from that angle and then stopping to have a break and a cup of tea and then <laughs> carrying on and this thing goes through in literally seconds mm -hmm. so to, for me it is the pruning saw that was the star of the show £139.99 I forgot to tell you that the lawnmower was £159.99 um, and again, free to me and now in the garage. And I'm sure I will use that one in the future yeah, yeah. quite a lot. Excellent. They, they, do, they do look like good ideas and they look as though they're quite well made as well, to be fair. That was the thing I like. They're all, I mean, they're, there's a slight plasticky to, plasticiness to them, but then they, all things are that. We've talked about that on the show a lot these days. You know, things aren't built like Rolls Royces anymore. No. If you buy a Rolls Royce, it's probably not as hefty as, as, as they used to be. Um, but they're good tools. They, they look as if they're going to last uh, last the course. They're, and what I love about it the most is they belong to this OnePlus system, which is where they have an 18-volt battery, and the same battery fits all the tools in the range. So they have a huge range. If you go online to Ryobi and look at it, they've got lots and lots and lots of different tools. And all of the OnePlus range take the same battery. And they also gifted me a £69.99 battery and charger. Mm. Um, and as one of them, one of, as I think it was the lawnmower, also came with a battery and charger. I now have two batteries and chargers. Wow. Um, yeah, it's a good system. And I'm quite sure that it won't be long before I'm online buying myself drills and saws and yeah, yeah. jigsaws and God knows what else. Because I, I'm, I'm basically, they've got me. You know, I'm, I'm in the ecosystem now. That's, um, that's about 600 quid's worth of stuff, isn't it? 
Yeah, it was 500 plus 600 quid's worth yeah. of stuff they've given me and I got a fee for doing the gig, so I'm very grateful wow. to Ryobi. And as I say, I was able to be on screen and honestly say that I recommend yeah, them yeah. because um, I do. They do look good, you're right. So perhaps you'll come back to that in the summer when you start using the garden tools. Indeed, yeah. and if anybody listening would like further information on any of them, let me know and I'll try and go into a bit more depth mm. in, in, in a future show. Very good indeed and well done. And, and at last you're ahead, eh? <laughs> <laughs> yes, finally. Yeah, I got I got my I finally pay back for those bloody LED lights. <laughs> yeah. One of the things that I had um w- when you live in a static um home most of your time, one of the, yes. one of the big problems is is um is damp, as I'm sure people that have been in caravans know. And mm-hmm. um some areas just get damp and I'm forever buying I'll come to another item later in the show about damp as well. Um but anyway, one of the areas was and you can see photographs in the recording notes here, but it's also I posted these photographs in the MeWe group as well. Um a radiator is just horribly, horribly rusted and disgusting. Um and I thought, oh, do you know, I can't be bothered to sand it down and strip it back. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I put it out. <laughs> To the to the to the crew in Miwi. I loved your post, by the way, because you basically said, "Can I just put something on this and have done with it? What can I paint exactly. over it with? <laughs> what can you just paint over it without without any effort?" Yes, and yeah. Jeremy Harpham <laughs> came up with the solution, which was hammerite smooth. So I dutifully um, sent off to our favourite shop for a, a little, a, the smallest tub of this I could find um, and as you can see from the photograph I painted it on and it looks absolutely fine so far so good the heat has not affected it mm-hmm. no rust has come through and apparently that's what that's the job it does and it's just a complete transformation it's so good and well done Jeremy for the for, for pointing it out and um, my bit of DIY has done the trick I think that's brilliant. The naysayers will say, oh, but the rust will come through in time. But then who cares? You just paint some more stuff over it. It's still quicker than sanding it all down, isn't it? (laughs) Apparently it won't. This stuff, is. this is what it does. It kills rust. So in the layers of the paint when you apply it, it's also got this rust repellent stuff going on. And this hammerite smooth is supposed to be very clever in that respect. But anyway, yes, we shall see. Oh, then I shall also be the first person post-200 to say fiendish. (laughs) (laughs) Daniel Bemis. Oh, I've done it again. Bemis, Bemis. Bemis. (laughs) That's a good start. Daniel (laughs) Bemis, sorry, Daniel, brings us the Panasonic DPUB820-K 4K Ultra HD Blu-ray player. Hey. Hey, hey. Um, <laughs> normally three hundred. No, normally five hundred dollars, but Daniel got it for three hundred, and says I love the HD optimizer option that changes the brightness according to your room light. Clever. Upscaled DVDs look incredible on it. The menu for the operating system is simple and simple to use and fast, and the remote is average. It plays Ultra HD Blu-ray discs, 3D and standard Blu-ray discs, DVDs, CDs, and rewritable discs. Do you remember rewritable discs, Ted? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Plays Region A Blu-ray discs and Region 1 DVDs. Now, I'm, I'm going to put my first downer on this. For 500 quid or 300 for Daniel, I would have thought it would play all regions, but never mind. Full 4K resolution, 4K video upscaling for standard Blu-ray and DVDs. That's clever. Um, and Ted has added a lot of other technical data which can be read via the link in the show notes. Yes, if you don't want Aiden well, to send you to in, sleep in, again. <laughs> in, there's also a much longer report from Daniel in the MeWe group, so track that down. There's, there's an edited version. Splendid. It does sound like... Like it's the bee's knees. And I was and I'm glad to read all those bells and whistles and to know that there are more, because I think in a climate where you can buy a Blu-ray player for what, less than a hundred pounds, then for costing four times that, five times that, this is this had better be good. And it sounds as if it is. So thank you, Daniel. Yeah, very nice indeed. Well done. Now one of the things I got for my mother for for Christmas was this recipe book and actually she quite likes it it was um 16 quid well actually when I bought it it was less it was 15 quid but it's a recipe book I noticed that my mum's recipe book uh, sitting on the windowsill was a bit knackered and old (laughs) so I thought I'd give her this new one and this is actually quite nice it's a blank recipe book ring bind 
stuff going on. Um, there's an A5 um, size going on with it. And it's, um, yeah, it's just really nice. It's got a card cover, um, separations for different categories. Each page has got a preparation time, cook time, how many it serves. And then you could, there's space to write in your ingredients. This is, this is all old-fashioned stuff. Yes, with lovely. With a pen and paper. Yeah, you know? vive l'analogue. Um, and there's also a space to put a photograph in the in there if you want to with your 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 finished item, which is a nice touch. Um, Mum has only got a black and white printer, so I'm not sure that she'll actually do that. But she does enjoy reorganising stuff, and she is the kind of librarian, as we've said before. And so she's going to really enjoy, um, has already started to enjoy rewriting her old recipes, which are in a mess. Um, she says, though, there are downsides. The pages can't be replaced, only torn out. Um, the, the, there's the issue of the black and white printer, and it's a little bit overpriced, she thinks, at 16 quid. But she didn't pay for it, I did. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's a very nice present, she says, and um, she'll be very much enjoying looking forward to, to using it. Yeah, it, it, it's, it, yeah, she's right. You, you, you don't tear pages out of it. You just use it and fill it up. Yes. And it's just, it's just really nice. It's, I'll put a link in the show notes. It's a little bit expensive for what it is, I guess, but um, for her, um, she'll enjoy using it. That's very nice indeed. I, I wish I needed such a thing. I'm going to be 60 this year. I think perhaps it's time I learned to cook. <laughs> Chris Kelly's back and brings us the Hario V6 Drip Assist Set for £25. Chris says, just for a change, I'm going to recommend something for making coffee. Uh, yes, yes, indeed. A man after my own heart, Chris. Thank you. <laughs> my go-to method has been the AeroPress, says Chris. But another method, beloved of the coffee snobs, is the pour-over. <laughs> Sounds like you just pour coffee over your head. This is a holder for a cone of filter paper into which the ground coffee is deposited and then the water is poured over, hence the name. Hang on, isn't that just a coffee filter? <laughs> Sorry, I'll go on. The rate at which and where the water is poured makes a difference to the quality of the coffee in the cup. Yeah. Ideally, you need a kettle with a fine swan neck spout so that you have better control. I don't have that. Oh, shame on you, Chris. So never acquired the technique, so I rarely use it. Until, he says, I discovered this device called the Drip Assist. Imagine a bowler hat that has had the crown pushed into it from a, to form a well in the middle. This middle section has three largest holes. Around the brim are smaller holes. This arrangement evenly distributes the water and controls the flow rate. It's not as quick as the AeroPress, but it does produce a very pleasant cup of coffee. Wow. There's some, there's some such specialist stuff out there. Isn't there really there, is, isn't there? Coffee making. And, you know, Chris, uh, when he was here and we were talking about these kinds of things, it's obvious that he can tell the difference. I, I can't tell the difference, but he, he clearly can. And he'll really enjoy using that, I think. And if you look at the pictures of it, you can see what he's talking about, the way it's shaped and the, where the holes go. If you've got this um, swan neck um, kettle, uh, you could see how you could push certain areas of it down and and pour it in such yeah i mean you you just need to be a complete um someone that just knows can really tell the difference and i'm sure he can yes indeed i mean i've teased chris for being a coffee snob and and we know that's in jest because i actually admire him as you say for being a, a able to to notice the difference to taste the difference and b having the interest and the desire to to learn about it and to to get the equipment and to and to take part it's 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 like the japanese tea traditions isn't it it's actually there's a sort of ritual that goes with it yeah. which i think is lovely. So good on you, Chris, and please ignore me when I tease you. It's just, it's just me. <laughs> Next. One thing that um, almost made it into Room 101, but I didn't think it was very fair, was the um, this set of um, 3D wooden brain teaser puzzles that popped up at Christmas. Yes. Um, and I would really suggest that you don't give them to anyone that is not in possession of completely all their faculties and I include myself in that because the whole family were trying to do these things you get nine of these little wooden brain teaser puzzles in, a, in this this set um, which we paid 15 quid for um, as a present um, but they're, they're ever so small for one thing mum found it very difficult with her hands to actually use them at all but the rest of the people in the room 
just they, they were just so difficult we 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 all tried all nine of them and you you take these things apart and then you're supposed to put them back together again and not one of us could do any one of them we did this for a, you know like a couple of hours in the afternoon and we just couldn't do it. They're just so stupidly hard. Now, if you give it to a five-year-old, they'll probably do it in five minutes and think, what's the, what's the fuss about? But they were just really difficult. Um, so I would recommend people, unless you're five years old, probably not bothering with them. Yeah, I think Room 101 would have been a bit unfair, just because you're stupid. Um, no, I agree, I agree. I can see on the picture here, that, uh, the bottom right one on the Amazon picture here is a square, and we had one of those in our house, and I remember the same thing. Uh, fiendishly difficult to do. Yeah, you know, yeah. So a gift for Mensa members only, basically, isn't it? But... Um, but also, if you're going to get one, get a big one, because these are just, they, they really don't help because they're so small. Yes. They're, they're only about, um, you know, uh, well, they're different sizes, but like a, an inch and a half across. Oh, Lord. Oh, no, no, they're no. Really you need tiny, a decent, yeah. yeah, you're quite right. I think ours was, was, was at least double that, so. Yeah. So, first jingle of post-2000. Hundred. Yeah. <laughs> 2000, 2000 episodes. Oh, heaven help us. Back to the millennium. Um, one thing that someone bought in my affiliate link, which I thank you for, as always, um, was this bizarre looking stuff, which looks like it comes out of Arkwright's store. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever heard of this original Hubbard's shoe grease. It looks just fascinating and possibly a better before item, really. Um, this, this stuff um, is in a tin and you open the tin, presumably, and inside there's this stuff which you kind of put on leather or it, it it's supposed to waterproof stuff a bit like you used to get this wax cotton jacket stuff mm. i suppose and it softens and conditions oh, leather right yes um it it provides protection protection for shoes and boots and blah 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 saddles so people that have got are into horse riding i guess they might use it as well yeah. Um, or leather, leather settee or something, I suppose. Yes, yeah, leather settee. Anything leather, I suppose, restores dry, cracked and scratched leather. Um, and this company apparently have been going since 1921. This little tin um, is 18 quid, but presumably it goes an awful long way by the looks of it. And it looks like it, you know, it's quite specialist and does the job. So, yeah, really interesting to see that. Half an hour in and we're talking about grease and leather, honestly, Ted. (laughs) (laughs) If you want to um, use my affiliate affiliate link, it makes no difference to you. Um, You go into tinyurl.com forward slash Amazon Ted UK, shop as usual, and I get a few pennies. I don't know who's bought what, but I just know what has been bought overall. So I thank you for that. And now, Ted Salmon sings. Still using and still using. Oh, I love that jingle. Uh. Ted Salmon. The, the, the dulcet <laughs> tones of Mr. Salmon. Here, yeah. I'm still using my Elipo Star wireless doorbell. I don't know if you remember me bringing them onto the show on no, show number 151, Santa's Ding Dong, on the 13th of December 21. So oh, just yeah. about two years ago. Um, excellent doorbells. Um, Remote control, wireless doorbells. There's a, there's a thousand of them on Amazon. I just picked this one because I did a bit of research and liked the look of it. It's uh, four receivers, which are basically glorified plugs, and you just plug it in, and there's your receiver, a bit like these Bluetooth speakers yeah, that you've yeah. talked about. You just plug it in, and the job's done. Um, you have a fifth choice of 58 different chimes and five volume levels. And what I really liked about this is we have two doors that are regularly used in the house, the front and the back. Um, and you can, and you get two doorbells in the kit, but the, each doorbell can have a different tone on the same receiver. So you hey. can program each receiver to have a different tone for the different doorbells. So when the, to- when the thing goes off, I know which door's been pressed. Um, or, or, actually- you, or, or you could put multiple um, bells on the door and a label one amazon postman <laughs> yes every. chris your own doorbell very <laughs> <Yes>. good <Ted. laughs> 
<laughs> now, actually, the, the reason I was prompted to bring this on was because, in actual fact, just last week, one of the one of the transmitters finally gave up the ghost and suddenly became mute. Oh. Um, so I decided to replace it. So I did so. Uh, but otherwise, no problems at all. Still going strong. And interesting point: I haven't had to change the batteries in the two doorbells because the, obviously the receivers plug in. So that's you just plug it in and forget it. But the doorbells have tiny little batteries. But I actually forget now what kind of battery they are because they've been there for two years and haven't needed changing. So that's mm. another plus. So, so you were so you were able to buy um, extra ones later, were you? Luckily, I mean, it, that took me quite some searching. I couldn't find the name Ellie Postar, or when I did, rather, it said no longer available. Um, but I, what I did was I just took the visual clue. I just, I just searched Amazon for remote control battery doorbells and I just went through reams and reams and reams of them until I found one that looked identical. Right, Indeed, when right. they arrived, they were absolutely, utterly identical, but made by a different company. So, oh, okay. you know, but Very yes, good. so I, I did and I didn't. Well done indeed. Very Thank good indeed. All. Two years. No, it's not two years. It's three years. No, hang on a minute. It's two years, sir. One, One to three. Two, That'll three. be two. Oh, yes, <laughs> <laughs> My uh, Xiaomi Mi Precision screwdriver set is still being used. Oh, yes. Um, this came up last week, actually, um, in MeWe, because good friend of the show, Gareth Williams, um, mm -hmm. was uh, he, he was looking for one and it reminded me that I got one and I still got it and it's still in use um, he also um, found the battery operated version um, which I think we also touched on, I think Mike Warner's got one of those um, it, it seems like it's a rebranded um, Xiaomi though, the one that I'm linking to in the show notes because it's got Hoto on it but it looks exactly the same and I'm, I'm sure it's a Xiaomi with a badge on um, anyway, there's also the other one we spoke about, which I've never had, but it looks like a, a, a kind of beast, um, is the, the cordless screwdriver. So that's a bigger thing with a bigger battery, and it's it's 34 quid. Um, but it does look very, very good. This Xiaomi stuff, is it's, I, I, whenever I've had this Xiaomi stuff, it always seems to be really solidly made. Yeah. Um, very durable. Um, I mean, mine certainly is. And they, they look as though they're going to last through generations of people, not just, um, you know, um, for, for a while or, or, or break or rust or whatever. The rechargeable um, version is 49 quid. The um, precision screwdriver set is 20 quid or thereabouts, 24, I think. Um, and that big beast is 34 quid. So, yeah, all that precision Xiaomi Mi screwdriver set um, re whether manual or rechargeable um, the, the manual is still in use here but all, all worth a look Excelente Excuse me ladies and gentlemen if, if, if you've been hearing these quiet muffled <coughs> during the show I do apologise I seem to have an army of frogs down there today Mm. I tell you what I need. I need some chai. Do you like chai? Do you like chai latte? Chai tea? Chai tea? Well, never heard of it. Never heard of it? You're kidding me. I'm not. It is Indian. Chai is Indian. And it is delicious. Chai right. is beautiful. It's sort of... It's it's a it's a spicy Indian flavour. Uh, oh, yeah. It's not 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 hot hot, but sort of very slightly very good for the throat. I mean, as a singer performer, I always like to take chai. It's very good for the throat. Oh, oh. well, I'm a big fan of chai latte. Right. Uh, and the story I always tell is that before I owned a coffee machine, I used to sort of live at Starbucks, and. I discovered chai latte from Starbucks and I started drinking chai latte and I, it was my regular go-to coffee for some months, I think, until eventually one of the girls serving it to me, I said, oh, you know, I mentioned it, mentioned coffee. And she said, oh, well, there's no coffee in here. This is just chai flavouring and milk. Right. And I said, you're kidding me. I've been drinking this for weeks, thinking I was getting my coffee fix and it's just chai latte and milk. <laughs> so there you go. Vive la placebo effect. I mean, honestly, I thought I was drinking coffee. Anyway, the point is, at the end of this long spiel, is that I wanted to make chai latte at home. To my surprise, I couldn't find any chai latte mix uh, in any of the supermarkets. But of course, no surprise there. I found it on Amazon for £8.99 for a 946 milliliter, so effectively a litre, concentrate. So I think I'll get oh, sort of... Oh, it's fluid, you know, is it? 
It's fluid. What it is, okay. what you do is basically you make your frothy milk as if you were making yourself a latte with your coffee yeah. machine. But instead of putting a shot of coffee in, you just put a shot of the chai latte syrup in. Oh, right. So you basically got lovely, hot, yummy latte milk with a beautiful chai taste. Um, and I reckon I'll get 20 or 30 out of this litre's worth. Um, very, very happy with it. If anybody listening knows where I can buy chai latte syrup in a shop rather than having to order from Amazon, I'd be great. Grateful to know, but um, it's organic grizzly chai super concentrate. What I bought, and I'm very, very happy with it. Cheapest chips, eight pound ninety nine. There's a shop in Aberdeen that sells it. Oh, right. Well, I'll go up there right now and get something. Thank you kindly. (laughs) (laughs) Now I said I'd come back to my um, damp issues, um, and I've uh, previously on the show I've highlighted HG drain unblocker, mm. which mm-hmm. is really good. Well, I discovered this week that it seems to have a brother or sister called the HG mould remover, and it's a foam spray, and it seems to work really well. So that all that mould, that, sorry, that mould and, and, and damp you get, particularly in showers, particularly in uh, static homes in my case, um, you spray this stuff on um if you're inside the shower you leave it for half an hour then hose it off with the with the shower hose and it seems to just fall away it works really well um if you're doing it on not inside a shower then obviously you'll need to be careful about um getting rid of it afterwards but it seems to still work you just have to wipe it away afterwards um so yeah i it, it, it seems to work really well the the rrp is five pounds 75 um, but at, when I bought it this week, it was £3.74 on a special for 500 mils. Um, it, 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 I, I dread to think what's in it. It's, it's very smelly when you're using it, so open a window if you do buy <laughs> some. Um, but yeah, you, you spray it on, wipe it off, and it just lifts the mould away with it. Really works ever so well. Fiendish. Second shout. <laughs> Does it work as well as the adverts that nobody ever believes where they've got something that's as mucky as hell and they just one swipe of the of the, of the cloth and it gleams and shines like the Chrysler building? I mean, is it that good? Does it really just wipe away or do you have to scrub a little bit? If, no, you don't have to scrub. You just have to leave it in place. What the, those adverts are implying is that you spray it on and then five seconds later <laughs> yeah, you wipe you it Yeah, straight off, yeah. But you're talking about, yeah, you need to leave it on there for half an hour to let it do its business. As I say, I dread to think what's in there. Probably all sorts of bleaches and stuff. It's probably a nightmare for the the environment. But, um, you know, if you've got a problem like I have in this static, you need sometimes the tools to do the job. And you, you can't just let the damp eat away at the... The ceiling, particularly above my shower, there's a ceiling, obviously, and that that gets really damp. Um, I, I open the window. I try to keep the window open and, and circulate air, but you just can't. In the winter, you just can't odds it. In the summer, of course, it's different. <laughs> well, in the summer, a lot is different. Yeah, yeah. I want one, I want one, I want one. I want one of those. I want... And I almost want enough to pay £19 for one, but not quite. I want a CMY cube. I discovered these the other day. Uh, CMY, as in cyan, magenta, yellow from the um, CMYK colour scheme. Um, This is basically a cube made, I presume, of um, some sort of um, plastic crystal. Um, or possibly even glass, I'm not sure, that refracts light. Now, don't ask me to explain it. I have no idea. But you know how when you put your finger in a bowl of water, it looks as if your finger's moved. If you look at the water and the real finger... Refraction. Refraction. It appears to be in a different place. Well, this seems to work on A, refraction, and B, the changing light changing colour of light waves when they refract. Mm. And there's a video, I mean, I hope you can link to it for everybody on the on the yeah, um, yeah. notes so that people know what on earth I'm talking about. It's a small cube that's about the size of a Rubik's Cube. It even looks a little bit like a Rubik's Cube with its colour scheme, but the colours change. And as you move it around, colours seem to appear and disappear where they shouldn't. And you hold it up to see the red, and while you're holding it up and looking, it's not red anymore. It's yellow or it's blue or it's amber. And you just think, how does this work? And it just seems like a 
fun thing to play with, um, but that's it to play with. It doesn't perform any useful function whatsoever, except to sort of boggle your mind slightly. There seem to be dozens and dozens of them on Amazon, ranging between sort of £16-ish and sort of £30-ish. And I just grabbed one at 19 to post in our notes here to show you what I'm talking about. Um, it just looks like a fun thing. Once again, as I always say, and I'm becoming like a stuck record, I don't really want to own one. I just want to pick one up and look at it and go, oh, that's fun, and then put it down again and forget yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what I want one of those is, all, is about, largely. Um, so, yeah, I watched the video as well. And it is interesting to see what it does. And when you move it around and change the light source, think um, dark side of the moon, I guess. Mm, <laughs> and mm. That kind of light refraction and yes. splitting um, light waves yes. and, and, and what have you. I, I don't know all the, the technical terms. I could, I, I've got a physics O-level, but I can't remember any of it. <laughs> no, it's the sort of thing we need Steve Litchfield to explain to us. Exactly, um, yeah. But it's, 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 I guess it's for, for a fiddler. For I mean, you know, as I talk to you now, I'm sitting fiddling with a couple of SD card boxes that I found. You can probably hear them clicking. I have to fiddle with something. I suppose this is a fiddler's toy that you can also watch and observe while you're fiddling with it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's, it's a desk toy, isn't it? It's an executive yeah. desk toy. Exactly. Yeah, and why not indeed? They're all good fun. A bit like yes. those wooden puzzles that I warned <laughs> everyone off. <laughs> yeah, but less, less frustrating, I think. <laughs> yeah. Now, I've got... I wonder if this is going to be the... No, it's not, is it? I was going to say it might be the most expensive looking... <laughs> I want one of those ever. But I think the most expensive one was that um, offshore island in Canada. Yeah, I can't remember who brought that. I think it was me. But yes, I think that was probably the most expensive. <laughs> Can you imagine? Uh, there's this painting. that I'd, It's a painting that's that's hanging in the Tate called... Oh, yes. The, the Fairy Fellas Masterstroke. And it's been painted by Richard Dad. Incidentally, there's a really interesting background on Richard Dad. And he when he painted this he, he he painted it inside um a lunatic asylum as they were called then um and it took him nine years to do it he was wow. in the asylum because he killed his father and what have you anyway um this was like you know 130 years ago or whatever um the reason I'm interested in this is because um, there's a Queen song that I like. Ah. Um, it's on it's on the Queen Two album, and it's Freddie, Freddie Mercury was a big fan of this painting, and he used to go to the Tate and look at it, and he wrote the song based around his observation of what he could see in the painting, and it is really fascinating to look at. I'll, I'll put a link in the show notes to the the history of it. Anyway, the, the interesting bit about this for us, for I want one of those, is can you just imagine this is hanging in the Tate so presumably it belongs to the Tate or a, a private owner has loaned it to the Tate but can you just imagine how much it might cost I've no idea Wow. I mean, it's the same of any great piece of art. You know, this is why these Bond villains collect art, isn't it? <laughs> Just yeah. to show off their wealth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, have a look at it, um, because it's a very nice picture. And if you do know Queen, um, check out the song and listen to the song while you're looking at the picture and see what Freddie Mercury was doing when he was um, doing all the lyrics. It's really quite interesting. <laughs> Ah, oh, right. Now, <laughs> Jackie Lawson e -cars. Right. Ready this, for this. Yeah, well, this is me back on my um, high horse of not wanting to start umpteen accounts online. Listen, we've got to start with another premise, which is that you and I beg to differ when it comes to cards, um, and, and that's to be absolutely respected. I'm not that keen on cards myself either, but I wanted to send a card to someone who does like cards and did appreciate receiving it, so I wanted to send an e-card. Now, I know from having received some e-cards myself and my mother's the same, that there's a company called Jackie Lawson Online, which are very good. Ooh. And if, if you like e-cards, and if that's your thing, if it's not, fine. But if it is, then Jackie Lawson cards are very, very good. So I I decided to send my friend a Jackie Lawson card and I went through the whole procedure of choosing and designing and, and, and personalising and blah, 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 blah. And when I got to the very end of the line, it wasn't a payment per card. It was a monthly membership. Mm. And I thought, well, all right, I'm already this far. I'm not going to start again. I'll just take out the membership and then I'll cancel it when I finish. So I did. I sent the card. The recipient was very pleased with the card. Job done. Bob's your uncle. Well, no, not quite, because now I have this account with Jackie Lawson that I don't want. Mm. Um, so... I couldn't just cancel it, apparently. It wasn't possible just to go online and say, I want to cancel my account. So I sent an email saying, listen, I've sent my card. I didn't want the account in the first place. Can you cancel it, please? 
And they emailed me back saying, um, do you really want to count to cancel your account? You know, you, have you reconsidered? Are you sure you really want to? You know, the, the, the sales push. So big, I wrote big, back big. saying, with respect, yes, please cancel my bloody account. Then I got an automatically generated email back saying that for security reasons, before they can cancel the account, I must reply to this email. So, you know, dear Jackie Lawson, I'm replying to your email as requested. Please cancel my account. Um, Then I got another email telling me the account was going to be deleted. (laughs) By this point, I did regret choosing Jackie Lawson in the first place, even though they have excellent cards. I don't really want to put Jackie Lawson into Room 101 because I think they're a nice company and they produce lovely cards and there's no problem. But it just invoked my now more and more frequent mantra. Why can't I just make purchases as a guest and not have to start a f***ing account every time I buy a pot of yoghurt? Amen. Yeah, um, well, you need to go into a shop and pick one off the shelf, don't you? And put it in the post. Yeah, yeah, but I did that, what I didn't tell you. stamp or however much it costs now. What I didn't tell you was that my friend was in Austria and I was already late. <laughs> That's why I opted for an e-card, because I've missed it already. <laughs> I'll t- tell you what I really object to with these um, Jackie Lawson type websites is that without any reference to the person that's going to receive it, the person who is creating it is giving them someone else's email address. And the the result of that, and I know this for a fact because I've seen it happen, is that Jackie Lawson, well, maybe not Jackie Lawson, but but these companies will sell their databases to spamming companies. And then forever then, not only do you get spammed ongoingly, but the person you sent it to does. Yes. And they're sitting there saying, well, I didn't give you my email address. Someone else gave it to you. It's the same principle as the whole Facebook thing is that you know when you open a facebook account no one looks at the small print and you just say yes to everything and so you give facebook all of your contacts from your contacts in your on your phone or in your computer or in your gmail account or whatever you've got and so they just get tons and tons of data about it. Anyway, I, this is probably the, the modern world and the way it works, but I've always been so um, annoyed with this whole e-card thing. And also, I put in the show notes a card, inverted commas, that I created very simply on my computer to send to my mum because she, you know, traditionally has liked cards and I thought, I'm not going to buy one. And I went on to, I don't know what it was, publisher or word or something and um i just made this card from a template that was there and i saved it as a pdf and i emailed it to her and you can see from this card on the inverted commas card that it works fine she opened it up and she was delighted and looked at it and and it it had as much impact for her i think well apart from the fact that she would have to print it to put it on the mantelpiece but uh, apart from that she was just as pleased to get it from me so there are ways around this there are and i i i think that's fabulous and i do the same as as you know i'm a bit of a dab hand in photoshop and i do that myself i make cards for people that way as well so yeah and and i totally agree i mean i I can't speak out against what you've just said i i totally agree but uh, i'm a little bit more perhaps resigned to the fact that what goes online stays online and, and you know, our de- our data is out there. And I'm a little bit of that sort of Gandhi mentality of if the FBI want to read my calendar, let them. I'm not going to worry too much about it. If people have got my email address, well, fine, send me spam and I'll just delete it. Um, I'm just lazy that way. Yes, indeed you are. John Tanza would like to give a gold star. And thank you, John, because I would have hated to have had an episode without that jingle. Particularly the 200th. (laughs) Absolutely. He wants to give a gold star to Amazon. Well, there we go. They've had both gold and black for a long time, haven't they? What have they done now? I ordered a new printer, said John, a couple of days before Christmas on Amazon France. It was delivered on Boxing Day. Wow. By Chrono Post, five minutes after the projected delivery window of 9.55 to 11.55. Opened with a phone call from the driver five minutes before. 
Does that mean the window was opened with a phone call? Yeah. I think. Yes. The, the delivery window was indicated by a phone call from the driver five minutes before. I think that is an amazing level of service. Yeah. I mean, I don't know whether your item actually was literally in France, John. Perhaps you ordered it from Amazon France and it came from Bognor Regis. But, I mean, it doesn't really matter. The point is Amazon just get it right. And that's what's so infuriating because we all know the down part, the down part sides to Amazon. Um, you know, waste of cardboard and waste of human resources, you know, high among them. But it's they just get it right, don't they? They yeah. just get it right. Yeah, it, I agree. It's, Gold Star Frozen. It's hard to knock Amazon, yeah. even though we do regularly do so. Um, on balance, the, the service they provide is just amazing. Um, it didn't used to be. When I, I can remember very bad times um, back about, I don't know, 15, 20 years ago when you, it was a right gamble, particularly when they were in bed with Yodel delivering. And it was all just such a yep. uh, such a nightmare to know if something's going to turn up or not. And But these days... They they seem to be so so reliable. Um, I think I think things have changed, and they've realised they've got to be reliable, um, as indicated by John. Yeah, I remember when Amazon was a bookshop. Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I saw a photograph the other day of the guy who um, started Jeff, whatever his name is, starting Amazon. And it was him sat at his desk in, I don't know, 25 years ago, I think. And that was the start. He took a photograph of himself sat there starting Amazon as a book, sending books out to people. And it was fascinating to see that original photograph of him before any of it took off. <laughs> yeah, I can't pretend I don't miss those days. Oh, well. OK, I think we're about done for our lovely 200th episode. A, a special thank you, incidentally. As in, um, at the top of the show, we had a couple of recordings which we asked people to send in, one from Gareth Williams and one from Chris Kelly. So thank you, guys, for those. It was great to have yeah, your feedback. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes, indeed. Um, so, yeah, 200 shows. Uh, we'll see how far we go. Perhaps we'll have another special at 300. Or 250 would seem to be a better target, wouldn't it? Um, but, yeah, I guess we're, we're, we're done, Aidan. Two weeks' time, we'll be back with another one. Um, all being well. And in the meantime, whateverworks.works is our website. AidanBell.com for Aidan. TedSalmon.com for me. Links in the show notes to all of that stuff. Audio podcasts and our MeWe groups across the board. Uh, last word to you. Well, I'm just thinking, what is this interesting music playing underneath? I've not heard that before. <laughs> yeah, thanks, folks. Um, new look, whatever works, or new new sound, whatever works, and stick with us. Please keep in touch. Please take part in in the in the in the discussions on MeWe and yeah. let us know what's going on in your life and what we can add to the show. Contributions are what makes this show work. Absolutely. Well said indeed. Um, so one last thing to say, I suppose, as always. Don't forget, whatever, whatever works, works. works.